Welcome to Pushing Through. I am Tate Frazier, and as always, I am joined by the kid, BJ Armstrong. And every single episode that we have a guest on, I say we have a special guest, but today is a little bit different because we have a very special guest. He is a man who has humility, he has courage, he has character. His name is Derek Rose, and he has joined us on the program. Derek, we appreciate you coming on. Hey, man, I'm happy to be here. Diva asked him to come on for a while, so... Um, I told him it was up to him to, to get the date right, and today's that day. So what's up, y'all? Ooh, hey, what's good? Well, we finally got it right. We're not here. We're we're not talking basketball here. So to <laughs> all of the listeners, this is no basketball. We gonna show you a side of Derrick Rose that no one's seen. The man has a great sense of humor. All we gonna do is oh, laugh man. for the next 20, 30 minutes. None of this, none of this serious stuff. We just gonna tell jokes because this man is one of the funniest people that I know and uh, he doesn't let everybody see that so where did this sense of humor come from that you don't let anybody see where did that come from I wouldn't say it's humor B I just uh, I say I'm good at imitating people because I watch people so much and um, when I'm around my family I'm I'm normally they give me the stage to play out these acts and <laughs> they normally laugh whenever I do it because it take everybody off guard. Mm. And, and where did this kind of, you said you imitate people. Is there anyone in particular that you may imitate? Do you imitate BJ <laughs> at times, Derek? Yeah, I know B. I got B down. You know I mean? <laughs> the first time I saw you do that was pretty funny, though. That was pretty <laughs> But it comes from a, a good place, man. You got to be able to laugh. So um, you got to be able to speak that language, man. It takes the the, the burden or it takes the pressure off of you whenever you laugh. So that's what it's about. Absolutely. When we first met, now what is it like? Thirteen, like twelve, thirteen years. One on thirteen. Yeah. Thirteen years ago, and I just want to kind of break this up into like segments here, right? Your first part right. of your career, the middle part of your career, and then where you where you going? Kind of where you at? Tell me about that young. Derrick Rose, that young, let's just young say the bull. character, young D Rose. T- tell me yeah. what was his mindset, and I want to ask you this. I think yeah. I think we talked about it maybe one time. Your lay game, <laughs> your layup game. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've only seen two players that can lay up the ball like you, you and Rod Strickland. Mm. The only two players I've ever seen with a lay game that's just like that. So tell me about that young Derrick Rose and tell me how you get into them angles with layups, left hand, right hand, and kind of what was the mindset of that young kid when you first came in this league? All right. So growing up, I used to always play with older guys. And whenever I used to get on the court, I used to really have to play through fouls because in my part, we didn't date like, we took away fouls. It wasn't no such thing as a foul. So you have to play through contact. It could be for game point, money on the line, whatever. You know you're going to get fouled, so you got to play through it. And it, I used to always um, find myself, like, finding ways just to get the ball up because I was smaller. And um, it, uh, I, I think it took me from, like, fourth grade to, like, sixth grade. and sixth grade, I was actually able to be on the court with them like deal with the physicality of the game, deal with them like talking crazy to me, like, just able to take all that in and still play my game. Like when I was in like fourth or fifth, it was kind of hard because I was small, but in sixth, I was kind of uh, built a little bit. So 
um, that attitude of being in my neighborhood, um, you, you got to be for real. I'm light skinned. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> you light skinned in certain neighborhoods, you have to do certain things to show people that you're not going to back down. And um, basketball was like one of my faultless ways of like showing like what I was going through, like in the crib, just living in poverty, you know what I mean? Just, right. um, just feeling everything. And um, I was able to show that and express that on the court. So it went from that uh, griminess of playing, like the physicality of it, to I started playing organized ball. And when I started playing organized ball, I realized that, um, I, not at that time, but I realized that from me playing with older guys from fourth or fifth grade, when I played in organized games, I, it was referees, for one, and um, I didn't have to score a lot of points. So I, on all my teams leading up to damn, damn near like the NBA, um, I never was like a leading scorer because I found a way to like have a presence in the game without like scoring the ball. So like um, the layup package, all that came with me having to find ways, be creative, be witty, and um, it kind of converted over to the NBA because in the NBA, the length of like the guys now are just crazy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, re I remember one time we were in the Philippines doing something and I yeah. watched you for like over an hour just do the same layup. This crazy spin, I don't know what you were doing, <laughs> just working on. I, and I remember, I just sat there and watched you do, like, so that layup and all those crazy shots and spin shots, that's your that's your game. Do you? I mean, you you actually work on that. That's the crazy thing. I see, I've seen you years just work on all of those angles and layups and things that you be doing in the game. Yeah, and um, when I got to college, and it's a shout out to CBR, I seen that he had a floater in his game. So when Cal, whenever we practiced in college, Cal used to always put me up against CBR. CBR six seven, but Cal used to make us compete every day, and he used to kill me every day. Like get it, she was able to get a shot off because I'm so small. And um, after that year, I'm like, man, I think I'm able to make that shot on a consistent basis because I don't know how or whatever, just my feel. I'm able to um, make that shot, and um, I took that and added that to the repertoire, and um, I, I, um, that's one of the reasons why I'm still in the league now because it protects me. And Derek, I have to ask, just from like a fan perspective, as I watch you kind of come into the national spotlight, you know, the point guard position, like you said, it wasn't necessarily the leading scorer. It was more of a, you know, Chris Paul was like the archetype with those type of guys, you know, even Rod the God Strickland, who BJ brought up, it was a, a facilitator type role and it was more finesse than power. And then when you came to Memphis, you had the freshman floater, uh, you know, you were obviously the talk of the town, but you also were a different kind of point guard. And I just wondered, did you look up to anyone in particular at the point guard position or did you kind of just find yourself? Because, I mean, you were dunking on people, throwing it down like I'd never seen before. And you were, again, the point guard of the team. Uh, you know, around that time, I didn't have the Internet like that or mm -hmm. like didn't have Wi-Fi <laughs> or the service. So, yeah. uh Around the time that I was growing up, um, it was a big site out called Rivals. And when you was on the AAU circuit, you used to go on Rivals and see just who was the top kids in the nation. You was yep. the team that you could actually get on on that list. And um, I was able to like um, 
fight my way into like um, the big camp. At first, I got invited off of um, AAU basketball. Like in high school, I played in a a, um, a system. I had a, a Martinet type of um, coach or uh, coaching staff where they instilled in us like these great um, like principles and like um, really he was grooming us to become like men. But um, playing under Hamburg is, is something totally different. So <laughs> I was able to go through that and um, in AAU that's when I like played a freestyle of just playing basketball, what I used to do just in the park. And um, from AAU, I was able to like go to the Jamboree. I don't know if y'all even know about the Jamboree now. The Jamboree, <laughs> right, right, right. It's the camp that they used to have in St. Louis and like 500 to 700 kids go there and you got to be like in the top five. Or, I'm not top five, but like top 20, 25 or something like that to make it to the big camp. And I worked my way to that. I, I and with them having rules set that you, as a point guard, you couldn't shoot more than five times, like crazy rules that they yeah. put in there. But somehow I, I made it to that, made it to the big camp, and I just took off from there. You know, Derek, you, you come in and you, you come into the NBA. One thing that's always amazed me about you ever since I met you from day one is your confidence. <laughs> Where did that come from? Where did you get this confidence to know that I could do this. I mean, we, that's the right there, but um, after 32 years of, or yeah, me being 32 years old and uh, me having conscience of like what was going on, that got to be like 20 some years. Right. Um, that's something that I asked myself um, this entire time. And now I think I, I know that answer. Like I, when, when I was younger, I used to always pray like that I had too much confidence because my mom was real, real big on karma. So like whenever she did something, she made it like karma, like like a boogeyman, you feel me? Like, <laughs> like, like, like we love Brenda. I can't say nothing about Brenda. That's my girl. Yeah. Like, Brenda's like, hey, hey, hey. Brenda, we saying nice things here. So we'll make sure. <laughs> yeah, she made it seem as if it was like the boogeyman. And that's something I tried to stay away from. And um, that's why I prayed about it when I was younger, that confidence, I felt like I had too much. It was the norm, like it, it wasn't a norm, I mean, like, and I didn't like boast about it. I wasn't vaunting, I wasn't doing anything. I was just being me and I used to pray quietly to myself that he forgave me for just this, this confidence that I had. And now that I got older, what I was talking about is like just knowing like your history, your past, where you come from and, um, like it, it, it's all real, and um, it's up to you if you want to tap into it, and that I, that's what I think I'm doing right now. Mm. And I, I want to talk about the early part of your career because you know you you get drafted first overall in 2008. You know that draft is obviously a draft that kind of changes the landscape of the NBA as we move into the future. Your second, yeah. you you win Rookie of the Year, then you're an All Star, and then you do something that I mean, I still remember that BJ makes fun of me all the time, Derek, because I send him highlights of you from you know 2010, <laughs> 2011, and I'm like, did you uh, see uh, this? Like, what is this? And uh, and that's how it felt in the moment. You were the youngest MVP. You're 22 years old. You know, you unseat the the late Wes Unseld as the youngest MVP in NBA history, and just like the confidence in that moment, did you feel validated like that for your confidence? Did you say? Hey, I was right. I am the MVP of the league, or was it more of a I can't believe I'm the MVP of the league right now? 
I mean, it was surreal um, to actually be so young and um, like to say it or predict <laughs> it before it happened. That, that's kind of crazy. But at yeah. the same time, it showed me that um, how the the tongue is powerful and um, and how even after that, like people will say, like even with me even getting injured, it's like, man, that's the biggest what if. Like I feel that way too, but mine's vice versa. Like if I didn't get injured, like there's no way I would have scratched the surface to who I am right now. So mm. like it's depending on your perspective and how you look at it. Like this is the biggest blessing I ever had. And I'm happy that it came through pain. Like I, I felt every second of it. Like I, I wouldn't want it like any other way. So uh, right now I'm just being appreciative and just taking everything in. Mm. You don't know what, mm. now you, you after you win the MVP, you do those yeah. things. <laughs> the league kind of changed a little bit. You know, the guards began yeah, to change yeah. a little bit. And when you came into the league, the league, the, they hadn't really seen an athletic guard like yourself, right? They hadn't seen you, yeah. Russell Westbrook. And then suddenly, you know, shooting became a thing. Tell me about when you came back here in i don't know year six year seven when the league kind of changed what did you feel that you had to add to your game because the you know you had the steph curry's you had the kyrie Irvins, you had all of these shooting now guards damian lillard's tell me what did you try to put into your game or what was your mindset now taking on you know these guards um and that start in that phase of your career I mean that that I will have to bring Kobe into it. You already know be mm-hmm. with, with Kobe. Like if you look at his career, people see how great he is. You know that he's a, his work ethic is crazy. But to play twenty years, you got to be able to adapt. Not totally change your game, but adapt in a, a little nuance, like the little nuances of the game. Like you just gotta, like you said, shooting. You would think that shooting is. Um, that's the first thing you do when you shoot, but it's guys that make it to the league and that's just not their skill. So like Kobe showed with his work ethic that with time, you can actually work on them skills. So with him making it, I will say that it gave me like a, a chance to see him up close and act you about him, act Arn about him and just story so that I could like actually like see how he became the player that he is. And he was paying attention to the way the game was changing. And like now, when I came back into the league, like people don't, I had to shoot 40% in Minnesota to stay in the league. I changed my shot totally. I, I had to get surgery on my elbow. If I didn't shoot that 40%, or if I would have shot anything close down to 30 some percent, it would have been hard to even get in the league. Now that 40, it got, it, it holds some leverage. Like, all right, you, not only you hooping, you shooting 40 from the line. Then the next year, not only you shooting um, decent, but you finding guys that's um, um, at the three. Like, guys not cutting as, not, like, like as often now. So you finding an open guy on the three now to put um, pressure just on the game, period. Like, I'm seeing all that, and I'm taking my time with it and just getting my rhythm. And um, so, so far, it's helping. 
And I want to go back a little bit, Derek. You talked to BJ talked about all those point guards that that kind of came into the league and blossomed together. You saw all those guys up close and personal. We had Rob Mack on the show, and he talked about you know you and Russell working out in Santa Monica, you know, before yeah. pre-draft uh, 2010 World Games. There's Steph Curry, John Wall, you, uh, Russell Westbrook, all you guys are there in the camp. So as the the decade has played out and you see all these other point guards that you know personally like Russ win an MVP Steph win a unanimous MVP you obviously yeah. win an MVP like what does that speak to to the point guard position does that give you a little bit of pride to say you know we we are still the premier position in basketball just look at the game I mean even LeBron plays point guard now oh yeah I think right now you're in a um, point guard like stage in the NBA but um the NBA I always feel like uh, like you you just have players, and right now, just look at it like this: <laughs> everybody's looking for freedom. Mm, Every wait, what, what you wait, okay, okay. <laughs> all right, let's just all right. We're gonna act like the camera not here for a little bit. What do you yeah. mean by that? Because he, I always learn when I talk to you. What do you mean? Everybody's looking for freedom. What does that mean? Everybody's looking for that liberation on the court, or you have players on the court when people, your eye, every icon player you could think of, when you think about their game, the coach that they were, the system that they were in, think about every position, they had the freedom to do whatever they wanted. Like Charles Barkley, you had the freedom to bring the call ball up the court. So they gave um, KG the chance to add on to that. Like, I mean, it's players way before that too, mm -hmm. but like, AI gave me the freedom to go out there and be, be, be reckless. You know what I mean? Where it's like, I'm giving my all, bro. Like, um, Zeke was a little bit smart, smarter, but like me and AI, like the way that we attack the rim or just being, it, it's kind of different. That's why I don't like to compare players because in a way, every player is there for a reason, just like everything in nature. You know what I mean? Every, every, so every, every player is just looking for freedom out there on the court. Yeah, every player. And you have certain generational players where, like right now, LeBron, he's giving every player that at that three-spot freedom for the future to, to do whatever they want. That's strong. Yeah, that, that, that's Where you be coming up with these ideas? You be saying things like this all the time, man. I always ask you this. Well, I mean, I'm watching the game. Why don't I see that? Come on, but you think about it, but it's, it's, it's real. It's just that freedom. Hey, all right, let me ask you this. Where, Where is, okay, so, you you know, we know what the ones and twos and all, all of this, you know, the, the small ball, if you will. Yeah. What's going to happen with the bigs in this league, the fives? I mean, for right now, we're going to have fives that, I mean, this is me personally speaking. Right. This ain't nobody else thought, but this is me just thinking about the game. Uh, you have you're gonna have very talented fives that's gonna uh, like Jokic where he's not like um, the Joker. He's not crazy athletic, but he's very skilled. You're gonna have players like very talented, but then I feel like it's gonna be a big that's gonna come along and um, like be a threat that's so crazy in the paint that he's gonna change the game. Because that's an area like right now, it's only so much room on the on the floor. You got guys shooting from half court, so it's only right if the game evolves to or the, it's going to be a player. Um, it has to be a player. It has to be a player for the NBA to 
um, exists to that's going to be a big to make his presence back to the NBA. Just like I said, you got guys shooting from half court. You can't shoot from beyond half court, so right, the game right. got to revert. Got to revert back to somewhere around the basket. That's that's what BJ's been saying for for a long time. I mean, that's one thing I've learned about the guard position. They have an affinity for the bigs, and BJ obviously has an affinity for the bigs. And as Jokic was tearing it up, and Bam, was, you know, was doing so great, you know, d- disseminating the ball and delivering the ball around, it felt like the bigs had a second life. And obviously, AD moving over to the five spot spot in the finals that that showed some signs of that. Did you watch any of, of the playoffs, Derek? Do you, do you do you stay tuned in like that, or do you just kind of you know keep your head in the sand as best? you can when you're not in the playoffs no i watch i, okay. I watch whenever i get time uh, i watch um for the most part i watch mostly all of the games um at least some of them um mm. but i'm um, some court for some but um, yeah i watch a little bit mm. i just thought how the setup the setup was dope they playing in the bubble right and they playing on three or four courts it was like it remind me of aau not to say that their play was like that i'm just talking about how the setup mm. was set up like that quick break to get a word from our sponsor DraftKings. we'll get right back to derrick rose here in a second the season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding so head over to DraftKings sportsbook america's top rated sportsbook app with so many storylines across both professional and collegiate sports this is the time to check out all the DraftKings sportsbook has to offer if you haven't tried the app yet head to the app store now you don't want to miss this. To celebrate the showdown in Happy Valley, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to turn $1 into $100 when placing a bet on either Ohio State or Penn State. Additionally, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving all new users the chance to receive a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds boosts every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your own convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code LASTDANCE when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Pick either Penn State or Ohio State. Bet $1 on them and cash in $100 if they win. That's $1 to win $100 when you use promo code LASTDANCE during sign-up. For a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. We're also brought to you by NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railroad crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted and try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly, even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away. It can take a train over a mile to stop, over a mile to stop. By that time, it's too late. And the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way. And you just need to remember one thing, stop trains can't back to pushing through no what are you, you 32 now you, you, you 32 now are you are you in your 30s now you're in your 30s now huh? you're 30 you're 32 hey 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 32 
you in Detroit right now with with in my hometown, you know. Yeah, yeah. We started off in your hometown. Now you in my hometown. What up, doe? What up? What up, doe? You know, we gotta say that. Uh where's Mr. Rose at now? Just tell me what you doing. I mean, you in a great space. You know, your wellness. You yeah. you you got some experience now in life. Where where is Mr. Rose at now? And what is he looking to do? here at this stage of his career and in his life you got you got three kids you, you know you calm you got the braids going you know my hair won't grow that <laughs> yeah. long so i can't even, you know i'm a little jealous right yeah, now you got the braids got going you know he's you know, just doing that yeah so where, where where are you right now at this stage of your career and what are you trying to what's the what do you want to achieve now at this phase of your life i mean that's a that's a lot I mean, we'll be here for a while if I had to explain that. But well, you um, make things I, simple. You mess, you make the game exactly simple now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, hey, it's gonna be a very concise way of saying it. I uh, I know a while ago, like a couple of years ago, I seen Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the guy behind you, the jersey behind you. I seen him sell all. He, he sold all his memorabilia. He gave it to charity. And it's a lot of people that probably think that he's financially just like crushed or something like that, but I don't think that. But um, and you think it's a lot of people that that I mean, what he showed to me basically was that life is way much more than that. Like that's a guy he still holds the record for the most points scored in the league, titles, um, got a few titles, did things in college, high school that was crazy, <laughs> and that for him to be mindful enough to to be in a place to be like, man, I don't need any of it. It just showed me that like um it's so much more to life than just the profession or the occupation that you pick. Like uh I always felt like um basketball people always loved the way that I played, but I always felt like I had more to give. And right now and with the stage that I'm in, I'm trying to um, put everything together um, with with balance, with order, with with um, with with everything. Right, trying right, to put right. it all, yeah, with just with everything, just trying to put it all together and um, just see what what comes from it. But I've been locked down in the crib, but you know I ain't going. Yeah, I know you. I know you. I know you. You ain't going nowhere. I know. I know nowhere, what you do. Nowhere. One thing I wanted to point out because this is when I when I came around BJ met BJ uh, back in like 2017 and uh, you know you were one of my favorite players you know I'd always kept up with you and uh, when you dropped 50 points on the Utah Jazz I still think a lot of people didn't really like put two and two together there as to why that was so meaningful yes it was this moment of like Derrick Rose is back LeBron James you know said that you were a superhero again and the NBA celebrated that whole moment but you you overcame, right? I mean, you you get traded to Utah, they cut you, and then you go to Minnesota and you come back the next year and you put a 50-burger on them, your career high. And <laughs> for me, I know a lot of people were just excited about the Derrick Rose factor of that, but I just thought that was like a competitive moment to say, like, I'm here, like, you. in case you forgot, like, I'm still Derrick Rose. And I just wanted to point out that moment because I think a lot of people, yeah, they enjoyed it at the time, but they didn't really understand the – the magnitude of what that meant. And I just wanted to, you know, point that out and just ask you about that moment when you put up 50 points. Oh man, that was huge, man. Uh, I think that 
Yeah, I, man, it put me in a spot where it solidified me, like mm-hmm. back in the league. Like, uh, it's a lot of guys that that's in that position where they don't have that opportunity. That night, Jimmy didn't play, uh, and the team allowed me to play the way that I played, and um, all that. Like, if I didn't, like, all of it happened for a reason. If I didn't have that moment, like, it, I, it. I probably would have been on a, I probably would have been out the league. I probably, something else probably would have happened. So like, uh, I'm, I'm very, very appreciative of that moment. And like I said, I'm doing it for guys that, that, that don't get the opportunity because there's a lot of guys, people just think the last guy on the bench is like ass or they think like they, <laughs> they not, they don't understand, bro, what it takes to just be a uh, NBA player. My guy, I'm talking right. strictly for the NBA. I ain't talking no other profession. I'm talking about, it's tough out there. You think it's a shooting league, but at the same time, all that running around continuously having to fight through screens, especially at the point guard spot. Mm-hmm. Like people will click that because they're just watching the game while they're being on their phone. But man, it's a, it, it takes a lot of heart. It takes a lot of dedication and to be out there doing what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Anything else, Mr. Rose? We want to we want to discuss <laughs> anything else, you know? Because now I got to go back and look at the tape of the game. I got to find. I got to find the freedom. It. I got to find the freedom. I'm trying to find my freedom yeah, yeah, now, you know? I'm trying to, I'm trying to, what do you add to your game right now? I know you got something going, you know, you over there acting like you ain't doing, what do you add to your game this year? What Every year you add something new to your game. What you add this year? I mean, right now it's, uh, I, not adding nothing, but um, really ain't adding nothing, but uh, just seeing how the game is, it's really just shooting and um, shooting can only take you so far or just playing one way can only take you so far. The, the playoffs were, you say that you see, you saw that they were a totally different right. game than in the regular season. So um, in the playoffs, you just got to be, you just got to be a good shot, a good attempt every time. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. like right now I'm trying to just be as crafty as I, I can and um, stay, um, stay in between the, the lines of just knowing that like, um, Sometimes I can't get reckless because my mind takes me there, but I'm 32 now, so I got to be mindful of it. Mm. What, what does that mean, mindful? What, do you, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> what do you mean? Hold on. What does that mean, reckless? Hey, what do you mean? Now, you got to shoot floaters now, you know, dunking. You know, what, is that, what does that mean? What, what does that yeah, mean? Yeah, floaters, floaters right now uh, is it's like, uh, for real, floaters, for real, because uh, even though I do play through, play through physicality, uh, just the wear and tear of doing that 70 some, 80 some games is it, it, tough. So uh, the floater, like I said, it protects me in a way, and I'm able to shoot that shot at a, a high, a high rate. So I'm just trying to be smart. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, just a little, just a little, little business here. We go talk. We always All talk right. a little business in our yeah. <laughs> You know, let's talk a little business. No yeah. one wants to hear about the business. Let's talk about it, though. Uh, yeah, we know we never talk about that. Yeah, we don't ever talk about that. We talk about business because you a businessman. You know, you a businessman. What, wait, what, 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 what shoe is this now for you? 12, 13? What, what, what number is this for you? It's the eleven um, shoe right now. Okay. 11 man b we got to 11 bro i know it's been it's been uh, I, I, I don't even want to i don't even like talking about it because it's like one of these things i never imagined oh, man. Got to tell, 11, okay, man. tell me how incredible this, i mean you and i have been all around the world 
yeah. together. Your family, we go to Beijing, we've been to Europe, we've been everywhere. And now you have this shoe that we've, we talked about and here we are year 12, 13, you got a signature 11. Just tell me about how, I mean, it's like unbelievable. I don't even mm. like to say it because I can't believe it. <laughs> like I've, it's like unreal to, to think that you got a new shoe coming out now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you got yeah. it. Okay, okay, let's just keep it real. We got to we, we know how this works. We're always 17, 18 months out before to see this process and go through this yeah. process, a young kid from Chicago, to see this, to experience the world in this way, to see young people wearing your shoes, my kids, mm. your kids, your family, and we go all around, we see, what, what, what is that like for you? Like, I don't think I've even asked you that. What is that like for you? We go around the world and there's thousands of people show up with Derrick Rose shoes and shirts and things on. What is that like? Uh, I mean, I really can't, words can't really explain um, how I feel. Just the grind, like be like, man, we we went through a grind, man. Like as far as like going to China, mm -hmm. um, the my second year, all, <laughs> all the way up to like right now, right. like the pandemic, like just thinking about all that and how much we, we gave back and right. uh, be for real, all my business is, we just came back domestically. All my business is in China. So right. like, it's, it's a blessing to to see that not only uh, just uh, a couple of people, a group of people, but basically the continent really gravitate to you. So it's cool. Mm. Mm. It's just different. And uh, I mean, to have 11 signature sneakers, I mean, the Jordan 11 is my favorite sneaker. That's like a seminal sneaker. But, you know, there aren't many yeah. basketball players or people in general that have a signature sneaker that make it past, you know, three or four editions of that shoe before they're kind of gone. And you have had that longevity, you know, like you mentioned China, the market there. People love yeah. you in China. I mean, it's like a Kobe Bryant 2.0 situation where people love D Rose. This guy's unbelievable, China. It, this, guy's un <laughs> this, guy's un this guy's unbelievable. He's being so nice. This guy's unbelievable over there. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> this guy's unbelievable. He's unbelievable, but over there it's like unreal. It's like, hey, you know, it's like, this guy, this guy's taking Mandarin. Look at him. He's uh, he's taking Mandarin. He yeah, speaks. Yeah, he speaks. Hey, this guy's giving. One day we're up there. He's giving speeches in Mandarin. I'm like, who is this guy? I don't even know who he is. You know, he's. We uh, um, <laughs> There you go. There you go again. You know. What can you What can you share with us about this new speaker? We just saw it. Here, you and I, was it yesterday? Was it yesterday? Hmm. You know, I'm old. Yeah. I can't remember. Um, yeah, we just saw you know, it. Yeah. And, uh, what can you share you with like us about your new speaker, new sneaker? I mean, it's a, it's a, some new technology. It's the light stripe. And um, I feel like with this model right here, uh, it's a, it's a new, I'm reinventing myself to like in the way of trying to get the brand to come with different looks. This is the first step to actually get the like i mean i can't talk about it yeah 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 you, like, you recreating the derrick rose image yeah yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and all those in the way Oh, we nice, love that. Nice. We love nice. that. Well, Derek, we appreciate you coming on, pushing through, and sharing your story. I, I quickly, when will the next time we see you in an interview, or did we get an exclusive today? I feel like we got an exclusive Derek Rose update. 
Yeah, you probably ain't gonna get an interview out of me in probably two years. I mean, instead of me. <laughs> okay, instead of can me. you at least send us some sneakers? Can we get some sneakers? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Can, I, I, can we get a pair of sneakers? You know, <laughs> everybody, <laughs> address I got you. Man. Okay, yeah, can we at least Perfect. get some sneakers here? You know, get some sneakers. <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful, man. It's great. You take care of that beautiful family of yours, man. I, I appreciate you, you coming on. And and uh, I know you're not going to give any more interviews here, so everybody's <laughs> going to be mad at me. Everybody's going to be mad at me. But right, hey, right. hey, 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 <laughs> he's a very mindful individual right now, you know? Hey, hey, he's got hey, a lot hey, going on. Hey, All right, before I let up. you go, what are you reading right now? What are you reading right now? Uh, right now, I mean, it's a lot, man. I'm reading a lot right now, but... Uh, is uh, I read a lot of uh, Dr. Wayne Dreyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. I read a lot of his books. Um, uh, I don't want to give out all the, the secrets though. Oh, 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 okay, okay. <laughs> all right, all right. All right. Hey, 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 hey those yeah. young guards might be listening to this yeah, interview. Yeah, they yeah, might, yeah. hey, no young, <laughs> hey, no young guards <laughs> may be listening. You know, yeah, you're not giving man, up. But no, yeah. that's. I know you always doing well. I'll definitely send you some. Yeah. I'll send you some names, some novels, some books here. Uh, you know, you sent me one already. I, I know. I, I sent you yeah, one. The, the hero. What did I send you? I sent you the hero. I can, I got it somewhere around here. The, the hero, hero with, a with, yeah, yeah. with a thousand faces, yeah. Thousand the hero faces. with a thousand fake masks. Excellent, mm. excellent. It, it it just it's it's an excellent book here, and uh, for sure, I I can't wait till you and I can discuss it once you get a chance to get your hands on it. For sure, perfect. All right, my man. I I love. Right. We ain't talk about music. We ain't talk about a music. Give me one. What you listen to? <laughs> Uh, Nas right now. I'm listening to a lot of Nas. You know, Ooh, he just got this man. Ew, That's man, classic. Man, uh, man, now you talking to me. Now you talking to me. Uh, now you talking to me. All right, man. Love you. Take care of yourself, man. And appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Derek. You know, like, peace and love, y'all. All right, yep. Yeah.